or maybe even before, I think it might've been late 2016. Um, and I started it with the same name as I have now, um, as a form of accountability essentially for my weight loss, um, or for what I was hoping would be my weight loss, (laughs) because at the time I was over, I think I was like 350 pounds approximately. Um, and so if you, if you really want to be bored and scroll back, you can kind of see the trajectory of it at first was like, I'd be super into like weight loss posts. And then you just see a bunch of selfies for a while because I had like either given up or something happened and I got off track. And, (laughs) and so there would just all of a sudden be a bunch of selfies. And, um, then, yeah, I mean, eventually I kind of found my why and actually lost weight. And that is when I started documenting like daily, every single part of my weight loss journey. Um, and so that's how it got started. And I was at about 900 followers, I believe privately, because I was really afraid I wasn't afraid of strangers knowing my weight because I was very, I put my weight out there from Mm -hmm. the beginning. And so I wasn't afraid of strangers knowing my weight, but I was really self-conscious and afraid of judgment from people that actually knew me because they had seen me go up and down and up and down and up and down on my weight most of my life. And so I was afraid that they would judge me and be like, which I actually had happened with an actually close family member is basically like, well, I don't believe you can do it because I've watched you lose weight and then gain it all back and more before. So like what is different about this time essentially? So I was really afraid of sharing with people I knew um, until I think I was about 90 pounds down and I had a big public account asked to share my progress picture while I was meal prepping, actually. And I, without even thinking about it, said yes, without thinking about the repercussions of that. And then all of a sudden I had, my phone was blowing up and I had thousands of follower requests. And um, I had to kind of make a decision right then and there, whether I would go public or just like never have another follower ever again, because there was so many. And when you're private, you have to like accept or decline every single person. So I kind of had a discussion with many family members and friends, and I just decided to say F it and go for it. And it's grown organically since then. Has any like random strangers you never know, like commented, like shit commented on your posts and stuff, like try to troll you? Oh, yes. Yeah, trolling is common. <laughs> um, I feel like, especially when you have a post or even more so with reels, because they get even farther reach than regular posts do. Um, if it goes viral, there is inevitably a ton of trolls on it. Um, I have been, I feel like, very lucky in the trolls' relation to other like positive comments on my stuff. I feel like the most times that I've gotten trolls or negative comments is when somebody else shares my things on their page. Um, 
which has only happened a couple times before I was like, I don't want to do this anymore because this is real negative and they don't know my story. So they're just judging me based off of the two seconds that they see my picture or a reel. And um, yeah, so there's a whole like hate blog dedicated to actually most influencers, especially the weight loss ones, um, including me. So there, there's, <laughs> there's always something. So wait, there's a, there's, there's a person that writes a blog and he includes your page in his blog or their page in their blog? Yeah. So it's a blog. I'm not even going to say the name of it because yeah. I feel like they don't deserve the, the recognition of that, but it's a blog. I can like DM you about it later, okay. but um, it's a blog that anybody can write on. They, I think you have to have like a membership or something to it. Um, and it's just like a running, it's almost like Reddit, um, but for trolling people. So there's a page or pages for every weight loss influencer, basically anybody with a social media platform of any size, like decent size, there is like hate blog about it. <laughs> yeah. So I made the mistake of reading it like once or twice. Um, and I, my mental health cannot handle that. So I quickly blocked it and haven't looked at it since, but yeah, there, it doesn't even like, they don't even make sense really. It makes, yeah, you're right. It makes zero sense that somebody that's probably not doing shit with their life. Unlike you who's gotten married just what a week last week. Right. Um, oh my gosh. I think it's been almost three weeks now. Okay. Three weeks. Um, it was July 16th. And then like, You've gotten married, you've lost a lot of weight, and you have a successful Instagram page. And this person is hating on you probably because of how happy you are on your page. And they're yeah. probably a miserable person. I mean, the the most common hate thing that I've seen about me is because of since I lost all of my weight, I have since gained weight. And partly because of uh, a diagnosis that I got because of loose skin removal surgery, um, and partly just because life happens, but most of the time it's something to do with that and saying like, suddenly I'm a failure because I've gained some of a minuscule amount of the tiny, the big amount that I've yeah. lost back. Well, gaining weight and losing weight is something like it's always been part of my life. You know, like I'll go sure. really low, I'll work out really hard and then I'll slowly start. You know, in January, I was 200 pounds. I'm currently two. Hopefully, when I weigh myself on Monday, I'm two, 240. But, like, it's just, like, it just goes up and down, you know? And then, like like you said earlier about your con your constant posts about working out and stuff, when you don't see that from somebody, you know something's up. You know, like, right. hey, where's her? <clears throat> because I did this challenge one day, and I was posting every single day and I was using the that post as my accountability because I knew as soon as I missed it, that somebody would either send Tony like, Hey, he didn't post <laughs> what happened or something like that. You know? So I used that to fuel me to go all the way through, but like, it's, yeah, it's just, man, you know, like life happens and stuff happens for me. I just have no excuse. I just, I mean, I'm just all lazy of us sometimes. have excuses and some of them are valid. But I mean, all, all of us, including me have a million excuses. Like it's just whether or not we let our excuses dictate our behaviors. 
Yeah, it's like they say, instead of saying, I don't have time, just say it's not a priority right now. Exactly. I found that out. <laughs> uh, I got like a big wake up call because I did. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of 75 hard before. Yeah. Um, I did 75 hard and completed it uh, in 2020, like late 2020. And then I did like the subsequent phases or whatever. But um, you quickly learn when you actually are being successful with that thing. Part of the thing is you have to do two 45 minute workouts a day and they have to be split up and one has to be outside. And so you quickly learn that like, yeah, it's just not a priority in my life. I can't say that I don't have time because I clearly made time for that. Um, But it's just, you know, different seasons of life, I guess it is. And it's just being able to admit when something's not a priority instead of making excuses. Because the first step to changing your behavior or anything else is just being aware of where you're at now. Yeah, I tried that. Um, I, I mean, I was doing really well at it and I was trying to not go out also while I was doing it. I made mm-hmm. it to day 16 or 17 and then I'm going to go. Okay. Met a, I met some friends at the casino and, you know, it's just. And alcohol. Yeah, it was alcohol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I drank, you know, you can't <laughs> not supposed to drink and stuff like, you know, it's just one of those things like, damn, I just spent three weeks kicking ass. And then, you know, and then I, I let something as yeah. little as a casino. Yeah, I went, I actually on phase one of it after the initial 75 days, went to Las Vegas and stayed the course in Las Vegas. So like, it's pop, like, that's the wow. thing is like, it, it's hard, especially knowing what I'm capable of doing, like letting my excuses ruin my, or like, say that my excuses are valid now when I've done so much like kind of badass shit like that. Like I don't, I, it's like now what is my excuse? Because I, I didn't let anything stop me before. So it's kind of like that helps kind of knowing what you've done before, at least for me. Yeah. It's like, uh, like with his example of the 75 hard, it's called 75 hard for a reason. So, you you know, it's like you have to choose what you want to do. If this is important enough for you, you won't, Anything's getting in your way, no obstacles, anything. Exactly. I need to give it yeah. another run, I think. I thought I've actually been thinking about doing it again now that the wedding is over. Um, I mean, I'm all for like sustainability, and I and 75 hard is not sustainable. Like anybody, unless you are literally, I don't even know, unless you're your entire job is maybe like a fitness model or something where you have nothing better to do and that it's sustainable for you. I don't think working out that much and being that strict forever is sustainable, but I still, I like the challenge of things like that. And it does do what it says it's going to do. If you actually finish it, like it definitely does give you mental, like, mental grit and fortitude as they talk about like it's it's a lot more mental once you get past i'd say 30 days or so it's a lot more mental than anything else because you already know that you can physically do all the Mm. things on the list it's just mentally like tony said making it a priority and choosing those things over you know maybe some like (laughs) not happiness but enjoyment or like 
letting loose and things like that. Yeah, it's like uh, Joe Rogan talks about like food. He's like, do you really care about this little mouth pleasure you're getting or the results of sticking to your goals and you're being consistent with something? Because that's the whole thing with the 75 hard, too. I think like a lot of people get on it and then they'll beat themselves up when they don't achieve this goal or then they'll get off it. They'll complete it and then they'll go back to their everyday life and then they'll feel bad about their life because they're not being consistent with it. So I think it's just a happy balance in life. It's just being mm-hmm. consistent, you know, living life because this life's not guaranteed. So it's just like, you know, you have to enjoy it, but you also have to live like you're going to live tomorrow, too. Exactly. I mean, I agree 100 percent. I mean, what I teach my clients is not 75 hard for sure. Like I I teach like the the fact that you can have treats and still be on track and still lose weight if you want to mm-hmm. with with having that balance. Like I, I feel like for most people that's what works and that's what's sustainable. Um, I personally am one of those people that can't really deal with balance as much as some. And I don't know exactly what that has to do with. It's just my personality or whatever it is. But like, for instance, I've been keto since November of 2017 without going off. Um, and that's what works for me. And I don't feel deprived. I don't feel like left out of things. And it just, I feel really good when I eat that way, but most people are going to feel deprived and then they're going to backfire once they stop doing it. And, you know, it's going to lead into a spiral of something bad. Like, so I'm back on keto myself and I found like all these different companies that sell keto ish or keto foods, you know, like, uh, thin slim foods has that pizza crust. You can make your own pizza with, um, Rouse pizza. So, you know, what have you want to make it and you can count your carbs because that, that pizza crust has zero net carbs. And, you know, it's just like, and they have bagels. You can get, you can get quest pizza from target, you know, like they, everything I found it, I found it more something that I can stick to when I'm actually trying again, you know, like currently then, mm-hmm. uh, like if I just say balanced life, because my ass does not believe in anything of balance. Like I'm going to, if I'm going to drink a beer, I'm going to have 10. <laughs> See, that's, that's how not, I am. yeah. Yeah. And, and that's why it's like, if I eat bread, I eat all of the bread and, and there's no, there's no in between. And I don't know if it's, I think it's partially a personality trait of like um, maybe it's addictive personality or whatever it is, especially people that struggle with their weight and food. I think it comes with the territory of essentially addiction to food in some ways. And so like for me, balance doesn't really exist to that extreme. Um, And I do much better But I find that even with balance, in order to be successful, you have to think about it. And that's Mm -hmm. what people don't like to do is they want to just never have to think about it ever. And when you don't think or plan about anything, especially food, you are going to make the easy button choice and eat the convenience food and the junk food and the things that are not as healthy as others for you. Do you wish there was better education on food labels, especially keto stuff? 
Yeah, I mean, I was very surprised and kind of shocked when I went on keto and started reading labels for the first time, like truly reading labels, mm-hmm. especially ingredients, <laughs> and realized how much almost everything has sugar in it. Like even even the low carb stuff has sugar in yeah. it. Um, so I don't know if it's necessarily an education about that, or it's just being more aware of it. Um, because I think that even when people know what the labels mean, they just choose to ignore it. Yeah. So like there's like there's a keto candy bar. Because it says keto on it, you think you're safe for your macros for the day, right? But if yeah. you look at if you look at the back of it, it's like maybe one eighth of that candy bar is a serving, you know, yeah. or whatever. So like I have a I always find an issue with that. Or like when you read like say um a thing of sh- shredded cheese from Target or Kroger or whatever grocery store you'll have, um, it'll say one cup or half a cup, or now it says like ounces. Like who who can eye an ounce? Like oh, see that's the thing is you don't eye it exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have a food scale, and that is my holy grail because I found that like for instance, I can tell you shredded cheese is usually a quarter cup mm-hmm. or twenty eight ounces, or no, sorry, twenty eight grams um, or one ounce. Um, this is how much I use this food scale because I know that by heart. Um, and a quarter cup, this is why most, like, if you look at baking recipes, they most often use weight and grams because it's, you can, you can do 10 different quarter cups and they're all going to be a different amount because you're just scooping in, you know, might be packing it more or, or just eyeballing it and then you're really out there and the land. But like for me, the food scale was instrumental in like actually tracking my food. So I was actually getting the right amount. I still to this day measure my heavy cream as we talked about earlier um, and my nuts and seeds, because those are two of the things that I know personally, I am bad at eyeballing and those calories and fat and all the all yeah. of them add up really quickly isn't it they say oil is supposed to be like a pinch of like right this little bit pinch of your palm and then like cashews is like the palm of your hand size or something like that oh gosh uh it might be but i honestly like like i said i'm so bad at eyeballing things that i've just never relied on that Got like you. palm method i know i think like you're supposed to have like protein is supposed to be like the palm of your hand Mm -hmm. or something like the fist or something like that but I've always just since this weight loss journey I have always just weighed it because I find it a lot quicker and easier um than trying to eyeball it or measure it with some kind of cup or tablespoon or whatever it is so what started the weight loss journey like did you always struggle with weight as a child or as a teen um so I have struggled with weight pretty much since puberty, which for me came really early. I was in fourth grade um, and I started like instantly, pretty much instantly gaining weight. Um, And I had a lot of different things happen to me as a child, which caused like emotional eating and things like that. Um, So by the time I hit probably seventh or eighth grade, I was at a very high weight. I'm sure I was over 200 in eighth grade. Um, and it happened really quickly for me. 
And um, then I actually, the unique part of my story is that I actually developed anorexia and went the opposite direction and got very, very small and underweight um, for my height um, when I was 16 and actually went through treatment and all that kind of stuff. And then um, when I graduated, I went the other extreme from high school and I started binging. And that's like really, I'd say like 18, 19 is when my weight really took off, I'd say. And I had the most trouble with it because I was living on my own for the first time. That was a huge thing um, is because I didn't have to try to hide me eating to anybody because I was living alone. So (laughs) I could just eat whenever I wanted to. And I basically self-medicated with food and alcohol, um, especially being like a young 20 something year old. Um, and yeah, so I had, I have dealt with disordered eating most of my life, um, since, since about fourth, fifth grade, um, in some capacity or another. So it's, it's gone from one extreme to another. So I've literally experienced what it's like living in an underweight body and what it's like living in a like morbidly obese body and everywhere in between, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing or anything, but (laughs) it's a unique perspective because I feel like a lot of people that are overweight have just been overweight all their lives where I wasn't necessarily. So did you experience like, uh, what kind of emotions did you experience on both sides of the coin? Um, interestingly enough, uh, I was just as miserable mentally when I was like 80 some pounds than I was when I was 350 pounds. Um, so it just goes to show you that like, it's not weight. That's the problem. Like, yes, it, it, it is a problem. For a lot of reasons, but mentally losing weight or gaining weight is not going to make you feel better. And if you have like trauma and like emotional issues, weight is not going to be what fixes it or losing or gaining weight is not what fixes it. Um, I personally had like a lot of self hate issues, I guess would be the best way to put it. Um, and I, felt like I wasn't in control. And so I used food to control my life, so to speak. Um, And it doesn't really work. (laughs) It it doesn't until, it wasn't until really this weight loss journey when I started kind of implementing all the stuff that I'd learned through therapy and like self-discovery over the years and started like internally working on myself that I actually started to feel better about myself, regardless yeah. of my weight. Yeah, because I always think about like the show The Biggest Loser and how they have people on there and they lose an insane amount of weight in a short period of time. But yeah. generally, once those people go back to their life, they get back to their old habits. And their old yeah. habits are set in stone in their head, which they're not fixing on the show, as far as I know. They're not having them right. do any type of therapy yeah. or trying to figure out like what trauma or, you know, like why are they resorting to food as a coping mechanism? Right. And that's the thing. That's the biggest thing is that most people, food is a coping mechanism. And what I have 
learned through my own work with myself and with clients is that if you just try to remove a coping mechanism and not replace it with a positive coping mechanism, it won't last. You can, you can like, if you're on the biggest loser, you have enough outside stimuli to like make you stay on track for what, I don't know how, what period of time that is for, but you can lose weight for sure. But unless you start addressing what's inside your head that got you to the place you were in the first place, it probably won't last. Like it's very unlikely that it will last unless you internally do the work on it. So what exactly, what exactly is your business? So I am what I call a healthy lifestyle coach. I'm basically between a health coach and a life coach or somewhere in between there um, where I help um, specifically women um, basically develop their own healthy lifestyle that works with their specific life to achieve their goals. Because I don't believe it's ever a one size fits all thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so every person's journey is going to look different. Like what works for me is not going to necessarily work for you. Um, and that's the what I view as kind of the problem behind a lot of these, like even 75 hard. It's like you can't just do this one thing and have it work. Because like you said, like after the 75 days, you'll go back to what you were doing that got you to the place you started at. So it's just like adapting and changing those behaviors to fit with your lifestyle. So you'll, so you'll actually continue doing them. You know what? I I think that I don't agree with the 75 hard to be honest with you because the guy that created the program doesn't even stick to his own program. That's true. Yeah. So it's it's like like once a year. Yeah. So it's like, how are you going to, you know, push this down people's throats but you yourself aren't even sticking to it. That'd be like going to a therapist that's living like a shit life, but they want you to live your life good. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, it's 75 hard is one of those things that I wouldn't recommend to most people because I don't feel like most people would actually do it the way it's supposed to be done. First of all, to get the maximum benefit out of it. And it's not like, yeah, you'll get, you'll get great, results you know over those 75 days but will you keep them probably not yeah Um, yeah yeah. there needs to be like a 365 consistent like that's the thing that everybody needs to struggle you know strive to but not this you know 75 days is a blip on the radar of the rest of our lives so it's like exactly just do everything every single day and then you'll start achieving goals. Because so there's this guy, he has this, he talks about like, if you go to the gym one day, you're not going to see results. But if you keep going and going and going, you'll start seeing results. That's with anything in life, not just working out. That's relationships, I mean, yeah. you know, bettering yourself, you know, just be consistently good. And then you'll start seeing positive uh, impacts on your life. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree completely. Like, I, it's like when people are like, how do I lose? this amount of weight like personally i at my lowest i had lost 220 pounds and i lost it in 18 months and when people are like how i need to do exactly what you did i'm like okay well here's what i did i was consistent 100 of the time for 18 months without any breaks so like you can't be frustrated with yourself if you are being like 80% consistent and you are not getting the results that I was getting at a hundred percent consistency, which is 
I don't recommend doing what, what I did personally, because I don't feel like most people would be able to do it and stick with it, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. So like 80%, what I usually recommend is 80-20 rule. So 80% consistency, whether you view that as a week at a time, um, which ends up being about six days a week, I think, um, if it breaks down to it. But yeah, consistency over a long period of time is what gets results, not over a week or even a month. Because it would be just like somebody looking at your social media and they're like, oh, man, she's got everything going on. She's got this big following and everything. And it's like that was organic. You didn't pay for it. You had to consistently post stuff for people to see your content. And then they wanted to follow and they probably share it with somebody else. And then you grew. It wasn't right. just like, you know, you got manufactured overnight. Right. And I've had many people over the years ask me how much I paid for my following. I'm like, I would not personally, I was never, it was never a goal of mine to become an influencer or even like anything to do with media, really. Like, it's not, I mean, like I was a financial analyst, so I was pretty much behind the scenes type of gal for most of my life. Um, And yeah, I mean, it it happened organically through sharing literally multiple times a day. And I think what most people related to is that I was sharing both the good and the bad. Like I wasn't just candy coating it and saying like, this is the best time of my life and this is the easiest thing and it's all rainbows and butterflies. Like it was hard. Like <laughs> it's it's what you choose as your hard because losing weight is hard being overweight is hard. All of the things are hard. So it's a matter of what's your priority and what you view as most important to me or or to you. And to me, my like low point was literally not thinking I was going to live to see 30 years old because my health was rapidly deteriorating. And so that was what started this weight loss journey ultimately. So did you start having health problems at your heaviest? Yeah. Yeah, so I was 27 and I had high blood pressure where to the point where I was on blood pressure medication and it was and I was in pain, physical pain daily. Like I couldn't walk for more than 5 minutes without being in pain. Um and I it was only a matter of time based on my like genetic history that I would I'm really surprised honestly that I did not have type 2 diabetes. Luckily, I never got it, but it was only a matter of time because of my family history of getting that. And it was just honestly, I was pretty much convinced that if I didn't change it, if I was already this way at 27, like it was going to go dramatically downhill from there. Um, And it was basically, I had like a moment or a day really where I, (laughs) I went, I was, I was a financial analyst at the time and we had this like um, work outing where we went and volunteered for a soup kitchen or not soup kitchen, but like a um, food something where like you package food for third world countries. And then we went on a boat cruise. And I remember the entire time I was packaging the food because it was a standing up the entire time thing. I was just constantly looking at the clock because I was in so much pain from just standing for a wow. long period of time that I couldn't even enjoy the fact that we were like 
readily helping people that would die without this food. And then we were on a, like a small yacht for lack of a better term. And there was a second floor that you had to get to from a little ladder. And I remember barely being able to get up the ladder. And then when I got up the ladder, there were these I don't know if you know the like plastic chairs that the white ones. Yeah. The white ones that they do for events that are real flimsy. And I remember sitting in it and like it wobbling and being afraid to even move for the rest of the night because I, and it was just, I was hot and miserable. And it was just like one of the worst days of my life where I, that day was like, I don't even know what I'm doing, but I'm going to do something because I can't stay the way I am. So what kind of emotional toll did you, would you say that it took on you? Like in that particular moment? Oh gosh. I mean, it was super embarrassing. First of all, just to, you know, be like sweaty and like miserable. And, um, it was really depressing to be honest. Like I was to a point where I like to say that I was just existing instead of living. I I couldn't do any of the things that I enjoyed anymore, whether that was because I was embarrassed to do them because of my size or I physically wasn't capable of doing them. I really love outdoor activities and um, like, for instance, going to like musical theater and things like that. Like I, my now husband had gotten me tickets to a musical theater um, performance and I had to stand the entire time because I couldn't fit in the chairs. Um, and (laughs) like, so there was a lot of humiliation and, um, just, there was a lot of turmoil to just trying to live basically. So I ended up spending towards the end of my biggest, I ended up spending most of the time at home on my couch or at work. And that was all I did really. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people take in consideration the toll that it takes, not physically, but mentally on people that are, you know, heavier. Um, Yeah, because I think a lot of people just want to be like that person's lazy. That's why they're in their position that they're at or in. But it's just like there's something that is clicking in or not clicking in their head for the reason why they're in the position they're in, because I don't think anybody wants to be morbidly obese or out of shape. Like, no, I don't it's think a it's a very miserable thing. existence in yeah. my experience anyways. Like I couldn't hang out with friends. I, I basically withdrew from everybody. Um, and that, yeah, it was barely, barely existing. Definitely not, not a fun life by any stretch of the imagination. And then the, another part of that is like, if you have a food addiction, it's easy to, if you have like an alcohol or not easy, but it's, you can abstain from abstain from those things like alcohol and drugs. You need food. So it's right. like, how do you get to the point where you're not abusing food? You're just using it for fuel that you need it for. Mm. And that's why I think a lot of people today, they don't talk. I mean, they're talking about it a little bit more, but there needs to be a, more of a discussion about mental health and therapy and, you know, just bettering our brains are we need that kind of mental health because you can have physical health which is great but if you're mentally not there what's the point of being physically strong or physically in shape because right. our brain I mean, is like what- i said like i was even at my smallest in like high school 
Like I didn't feel any better about myself at mm-hmm. the tiniest weight I ever was than I did at 350 pounds. Like yeah. it, it didn't mentally change anything for me. Yeah. Cause it's like having a nice car, but the engine shit. Yeah. I remember on, um, Chris Powell show extreme weight loss. Remember that there was the whole yeah. year extreme weight loss edition. Or yeah. Something they gave those, effect. they gave the people, the, the people he was helping uh, therapy. Yeah. And it, you know, and I commented on one of, <clears throat> excuse me, I commented on one of his stories. I mean, uh, a post he made a couple weeks ago about he, and he posted a clip of that show. And I said, the reason I love the show over biggest loser was because this was, it took, it took a span of a whole year. So you taught the people the habits they needed and you were there for them more than just, what is it, four or 16 weeks for four months show, you know, and on the biggest loser, they were working out. They were were making them sweat for like five hours a day. As far as I know, obviously, I've never been on the biggest loser, but from what I have heard, they were practicing some like really unhealthy things that I mean, they like purposely dehydrating themselves to be like a lower weight or weigh in and, and crazy things like that, where like, which is really sad because at one point in my journey, I almost auditioned to be on biggest loser because I was that like desperate. I was like, they can help me because you know, they're it, they show this like amazing after, but they only show the amazing after for the like two days at the end of it. They don't show what they're like in the long term and also which often is gaining it back yeah and also yeah. on the sh- on that show they had somebody that was making their food for them you know or telling them what to eat so when they came home like you like you both got both of y'all just said a little bit ago they didn't know what to do because everything right. they've always wanted was at the grocery store again right right at the, on where one when they're on that ranch, they couldn't go to the grocery store or whatever, unless they went on a field trip to like Subway or something like that. I remember that was one of the episodes. But if you don't teach a person how to better themselves, they're not going to be able to. And that that show didn't do that. Now on Chris Powell's show, you know he was with them for three months, and then they did the next six months by themselves, or the next nine months by themselves, and. You know, but he would have like spies go to their house, making sure they were going to the gym, eating right and stuff like that. You know, it just seems like that was a better show for people to watch, to learn from than Biggest Loser. Now, I love both. I love both shows, but Biggest Loser, I just I've read so much stuff from contestants and stuff like that. Well, a lot of people ended up, from what I have read, uh, developing eating disorders from being on Biggest Loser. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's one of those things where, like, losing weight in itself is not the key to success. It's doing all of the work, including the mental health aspect of it. Mm-hmm. So what do you tell your clients about as far as the mental health aspect? Well, personally, I think, like, even with my weight loss, I feel like mindset is 90% of the what happens and, and like because mindset is what's going to keep you going over a long period of time for the rest of your life essentially because i'm here to tell you and most people will tell you that like losing weight honestly as crazy as it sounds is the easy part keeping it off and maintaining and and continuing to be healthy for the rest of your life is the really freaking hard part. 
And so that is what I feel like is lacking for a lot of people. And part of that is just like self-love and, and actively wanting to take care of your body versus punish your body with food or exercise and things like that. It's like taking care of yourself instead of punishing yourself for your actions, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's a lot of like, I was just having a discussion with one of my clients this morning actually about um, the scale and how we can't let the scale dictate our mood or our actions even necessarily, because sometimes the scale is going to go up whether or not we do all of the right things supposedly. And you can't then say, Oh, the scale's up today. I suck at life. And now I'm going to go eat my feelings or the opposite. I'm going to eat nothing today because I don't deserve to eat or things like that. So it's like, it's, it comes down to mental fortitude and, consistency and dedication over everything else. So one thing that I like to say um, is find your why that is stronger than your most powerful excuse, because that is what worked for me. My why was my health. And I had a million and one excuses. But when I was to the point where I was like, oh, crap, I I'm probably going to die sooner than later if I do not change what I'm doing. I was able to then like reflect and think about all of my excuses and kind of reverse engineer what I could do to get past those excuses. And that's what I help my clients to do as well. Yeah, we had a guy on here. It's uh, I think it's Instagram's name is like Fat Free JC. And mm-hmm. like he he lost a considerable amount of weight. And like he was talking to Raul about his weight loss and weight issues and weight gain. And like JC said that him having the child was one of the reasons why he, he got in shape. Like the doctor was basically like, you know, you pretty much fucked your life up, but you have this son you have to worry about. And this needs to be your why, why you're going to be here. Yeah. And so like he asked Raul, like, what was his why? And then Raul really didn't have an answer. And then JC's like, well, just think of something, man, like your parents dying or, you know, like being here for your parents or, you know, something like you have to have something like you said, a reason why you want to do it. It just can't be like some some fucking feather in the wind, like Forrest Gump, you know, like this is my life <laughs> yeah. and, you know, this is going to be it. it has and to it be something can't concrete. be to want to look good in your jeans yeah. because I can tell you for a fact that that's not a strong enough reason mm-hmm. <laughs> for <laughs> For anybody like looking like the vain reasons that we all have, like we all want to look good. Obviously, we all want to look good in our clothes and all of that kind of stuff. But most of the time, I'd say like 99.9% of the time, that's not going to be reason enough to say, oh, I'm not going to have the pint of Ben and Jerry's today. Like, that's not going to be reason enough for you to make the healthier choice. So like, for me, it was my health. And then also like the what I call like the little wise, like I wanted to be a mom one day. I wanted to be not only be a mom one day, but be able to be an active mom. So I, I have little brothers that are now 10 and six, but at the time they were younger. And at that time at my biggest, I literally, the only thing I could do with them was sit there and basically let myself be a human jungle gym because I could not like get up and play with them run around with them or do any of that stuff. And I was like, 
I don't want to be that type of mom. Like if, if I ever get the chance to be a mom, I want to be able to like have memories with them, do things with them. And it, that was one of my big reasons. Like, but I've heard a lot of times when you become a parent, it's a very big why for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, uh, I would imagine it's, you're living for somebody else other than yourself. Right. You know, like they always say, like, usually, you, hopefully a parent should feel this way. Some don't. But your child is the f- best love you've ever felt in your entire life. Yeah, I've heard that as well. I mean, I'm I'm still not there yet, but I, I would assume most people feel that way yeah. from what I've heard. So if you were dealing with somebody that constantly goes up and down, what would you tell them? I like to start with the basics. So I think there are some like core habits that no matter who you are, they will benefit you. Um, And that is number one, drinking enough water. Um, Most people, myself included, will, you know, turn to coffee or energy drinks or whatever it is and neglect water. And that's really important. So I the core habits that I like to focus on and usually they're one at a time because I found that people, if they try to do too much at once, they'll burn out and then stop completely. And so my strategy has been, well, it's not my, I didn't come up with it, but the strategy is to do one thing at a time, learn that thing really well and really cement that as a habit and then add something onto that. So I start with water usually, and then I incorporate, you know, not even necessarily tracking food, but being more mindful of food in general, which is kind of, I mean, the key to weight loss, if we're going to look at it from like a scientific point of view, is being in a calorie deficit, Mm -hmm. which basically means that you are eating less calories than you burn. And obviously it's more complicated than that, but that's a very simplistic view of it. And so a lot of people, the reason they eat so much is because they're not thinking about it. They're, they're just, they're not being mindful. So I, um, I often recommend tracking. That's like the first thing that I ever did is I focused on just tracking my calories, not changing it, just tracking my food to get an idea of how much I was actually intaking. Um, and in that, yeah. So tracking my food, being aware of what kind of food I was eating, like the more whole foods, the less processed foods you can have, no matter what kind of diet you're doing is always going to be better for you. Um, movement in some capacity, whether that's just walking or actually doing strength workouts or whatever. Like I personally lost all my weight without working out at all because I had a knee injury. So I didn't work out. So I'm a testament to how important food is <laughs> truly uh, when it comes to weight loss, but movement is good for you in general. So movement, whether that's walking, getting in a you know dance party or whatever it is. Um, and then also just dealing with those good and bad habits. So um, we all have bad habits. And so it's breaking the bad habits and replacing them with better ones. 
Um, and like I said earlier, like it's not enough to just take away a habit because then you're just left feeling all of these feelings that you were coping with in whatever negative way you were coping with them. You're not going to last that way because nobody wants to just sit in those horrible feelings, whatever they are that you were trying to cope. Um, and so it's developing things that I like to, I call it a joy list because it's basically like all the things that you can do to bring yourself joy that don't have to do with eating essentially. So whether that's like gardening or, um, you know, crafting or drawing or whatever it is, self-care essentially, um, positive self-care. Um, and that that's like the main things that I start with anyways. When you said the thing about the water in the very beginning, about how to drink enough water or start drinking more water, <clears throat> that reminded me of this personal trainer that had a client. I forget the I forget the client's name and the personal trainer, but I saw it on Instagram, and he told his client, "I just want you to all I want you to do for one month for me is you don't have to pay me. You don't pay me this month. Start paying me next month or whatever it was. I just want you to go to the gym every single day from the first to the thirty first for five minutes a day." Yeah. And he was like, Five minute rule. what is, yeah, he's like, what is that going to do? He's like, if you go to the gym every day for 31 days, you're going to build the habit of going to the gym. It, yeah. And whether you're there for five minutes or 10 minutes is irrelevant. I want you to do that for 31 days. And, you know, part two of the video, part three is coming out soon, hopefully. And, I'm, and I know the guy did because he was like, I just don't, he's like, it's about going to the gym. That's all right. I want you to do. It's habits is what it breaks down to um, because habits will, once you've formed a habit, you'll keep going whether or not you have motivation, like mm -hmm. motivation in the typical sense is fleeting determination and like actual habits are what keep you going. Because I mean, honestly, 90% of the time, I don't necessarily feel like working out. But I do it because I know it makes me feel good and I know it's good for me. And because I've developed a habit in it. Same with drinking water. Same with eating healthier. Um, it just comes down to habits over everything else. Because I think people get these, this, they have this myth that the people that are successful are just always super motivated and like, just like gung ho to do everything. And that's really not the case in most situations yeah it's like uh most of us go to work but you don't want to go to work but you want money yeah right you know so it's like if you can do that thing you hate doing because you know there's an end reward to get something else why can't you do something for your physical or mental yeah and that's a good point that it's one thing it's the same with keeping your word so most people if you give your word to a loved one or a friend or something like that you will do everything in your power to keep that word. But when you give your word to yourself, more often than not, people have no problem breaking that word. And so it's it's making a habit of keeping your word to yourself. And it's it's so much more important. And it like if you start viewing yourself as like a close friend or a loved one and and not putting up with any BS that you're giving to yourself, it makes a huge difference. So what are your thoughts on like, 
on self-talk? I think it's really important. Um, whether or not it's like verbally saying it out loud, I'm like, I'm not huge on like the positive affirmations where I'm literally speaking it out loud, although I've heard good things about that, but I truly think words are really powerful and whether we're saying them in our head or out loud, it's super important. So one thing like saying that whenever you have like absolute statements, like saying, I can never lose weight. If you say that out loud, you are basically saying you're never going to lose weight. Like, even if you wanted to, you just said that you can't. So you're not going to. So if you start with saying I can lose weight or a coach once taught me that if you have absolute statements like that to say up until now at the end of it, and it basically invites your brain to the possibility that it's, it's could happen Mm. essentially. So like saying like, I've been a perfectionist all of my life up until now. And so if I just stop at the all of my life, it's basically saying, because I've been this way my whole life, I'll continue to be this for the rest of my life. But adding up until now at the end of it basically gives your brain the possibility that you can change. Like just because you've been one way for your entire life doesn't mean you have to continue that way. Yeah, I think it's I think it's that. And I think it's how we were raised, too, because you mm-hmm. can you can be raised by somebody that beats you down and make oh, yeah. you feel less than and then that's going to be inside you because i don't think any of us have like this defeatist attitude in general like innately and born inside of us i think it's instilled and so if oh, you can sure. realize that you know somebody probably puts you down because they were put down you know it's like a generational thing like if your parents were yeah. shit their parents were probably shit too so it's yeah. just like you know you have to sometimes we have to stop the stop them break the mold and be like do i want this better for myself. And sometimes we got to take ownership for our shit too. It's like, oh, you know, yeah. some people may have done this wrong, but at what point do we start and say, Oh, there's got to be a correction and I want better for myself. Right. I think, uh, I think it's called like breaking generational trauma. I want to say, mm-hmm. I think I've heard people say, I mean, it's very true. It's like, you can like most abusers, for instance, have been abused. Like, But that doesn't mean everybody that's been abused is going to be an abuser. Mm. Like you have, everyone has the power to change that and like break the mold. Like you said, it's easier said than done, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like uh, I definitely know that. Like, um, I, like I said, back to what I said earlier, I don't think anybody wants to be a certain way that's negative or, you know, um, um, not beneficial to them. Cause even like those trolls you were mentioned earlier, those people are probably hurting, so they want to hurt somebody else. Oh, yeah. You know, so it's just like if we all could get to a point where we want the best for ourselves and and knock out these outside influences and voices that are not beneficial to us, I think we'll be in a better place as a society. I agree wholeheartedly on that. Man. <laughs> so what are your goals for like the do you believe in goal setting or? Um... I do. OK, Um, I I like goals. I think it's important to have goals with actionable plans to them because goals without plans are just dreams. Mm, Yeah, that's awesome. Um, 
And so if I set goals or when I set goals, I try my hardest to always come up with action plans for them so that I can actually achieve it. Because yeah, otherwise it's, they're literally just dreams. You'll think about it forever, but you're not actually doing anything to achieve them. Yeah. It's just like, I, I wish, I wish, you know, you gotta listen to people's words too. Cause a lot of times people were like, they use like if, or maybe, or. Um, yeah. Instead of when. Yeah. You know, they're probably not going to do it. And it's like, yeah. uh, so it's like, a, it goes back to that self-talk. You know, you have to say stuff that you know that you're going to do. Like you said about right. keeping your word. Cause that's very big to me. Like if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. I don't want to put out something into the world or for people to see, even for myself though. But like, if I'm going to say, I'm going to do it, I'm going to try to my best to keep doing it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to waver. Cause like you'll end up be, be, being the boy who cried wolf. If you always right. tell people, Hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And you don't do it. And people are, they're like, I don't believe in you. Cause if that's you why I ended up doing 75 hard in Minnesota winter <laughs> during negative 39 degrees. Wow. Because oh. I, like I, because I said I was going to do it and, and, I'll be damned if somebody saw me say I was going to do something and not follow through with it. Yeah, Because <laughs> like you have to, you have to believe in yourself because everybody can want something for you, but if you don't want it for yourself, it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. I had a tagline or what I used as a tagline throughout my weight loss journey, because I m- mentioned a little bit at the beginning that one of my close family members basically told me at the beginning that they didn't believe I could do it. And so I made a tagline. Well, I didn't make it, but um, I used the tagline, don't believe me, just watch Mm. um, to basically like instill that I believed in myself. And like, no matter if you believe in me or not, I'm going to make it happen. And then you can just watch. And um, yeah. Sometimes I think we need those outside influences, like for motivation or, you know, like a fuel to the fire. Yeah. Like if and somebody you can tells choose you to use it as fuel or you can let it bring you down. Yeah. Like if somebody says you can't do something like, well, let me show you then. I don't right. think that should be yeah. the only reason why you do something, but it can be a little like starter fluid to get the fire going. Yeah. You can use a little spite to be able to yeah. <laughs> jumpstart your goals there. <laughs> it shouldn't be the main reason, but I mean, I'm a very stubborn person. So if somebody tells me that I can't do something, you're, you better believe I'm going to do it because I want to, you know, prove them wrong, essentially. Mm-hmm. That's you, 100%, Tony. Like, if someone always doubts some, something he's about to do or something like that, oh, you can't. He's going to fucking accomplish it. Yeah. And how long it takes him, he's going to knock it out. Yeah, exactly. I mean, people literally told me I couldn't do the 75 heart. I, I Granted, I did not think about it <laughs> before I started 70. I did... 75 hard. That was my second time doing it. Uh, and I chose to start it to support one of my clients who was in California, not thinking it through to start 75 hard after Christmas mm. and Minnesota. I don't know where you guys are located, but Minnesota gets really crazy cold in the winter. Um, and lots of snow and I did it. I did the whole 75 days, but there was a time, there was a day where it was literally negative 39 degrees out and I had to put on like 10 layers and I didn't have any, um, like ski goggles. So I put on 
uh, swim goggles because the the air was too cold for my eyes and I was getting like icicles in my eyes. Wow. It was crazy. But So what yeah. was your outside workout? Was it like walking or something? Yeah, it was just walk. I mean, literally, because for safety purposes, I couldn't do anything that really like got my my breathing more than average just because when it's that cold out, it's really not great for you to like cardiovascularly to, um, to like breathe heavily. So it was just walking and trying not to slip on the ice essentially. Um, and sometimes I think part of the time I was doing like 10 burpees a day outside. I've, I've been crazy at times. I don't, there, when, when somebody, like I said, when somebody tells me I can't do something, I tend to be like, don't believe me, just watch. Yeah. We had, we had a couple of days, um, last, last year in February, where it was like negative two for like three days straight and it mm-hmm. froze everything and like all our diesel trucks and stuff at work couldn't, wouldn't turn over. So we got the week off, which was great for us. But when we went mm-hmm. back, when we went back. Man, it was like three times. Like going coming back from vacation, like you have so right. much more work to do than when you were. You should have just stayed. Like it was terrible. Yeah, it's like you have like fifty, hundred emails to get back to when you're back from vacation. And then was vacation even worth it? Exactly. <laughs> what does that have to do with her weather up there? It's negative thirty nine. <laughs> it's not nearly as cold. That's here. what I'm saying. Like out, we shut down and we Where, didn't go what out. What state are you guys in? Tennessee. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't saying that. No, I wasn't like trying to compare it. I was just saying how we shut down and it was only well, negative three for a couple days. That are not like that don't get that cold, that often are not prepared to be that cold. So, like Minnesota still functions like pretty, pretty well at negative zero or like below zero temperatures, where like if you go to Texas and it gets below zero, like the entire state shuts down. So, it makes sense. Yeah, like I grew up in I grew up in Omaha and uh like okay. we would have to go to school like during blizzards and shit. Then I moved down right. to Tennessee and it was like <laughs> like when it got cold or icy, you know, they were like, just go to school. Because I mean it wasn't like it was there, like you know, like a little bit of snow they'll well, I'm sorry, they'll they'll shut it down for a little bit of snow here, but up there they would just like make us put some fucking long johns on and you're good to go. Right. Yeah, that's that's Minnesota for you. Well, and, and snow is not like they don't shut down things for snow here because we'll easily get over a foot of snow, mm-hmm. but they will shut down if it gets over or under a certain um, degree cold because like that's not like people can get like frostbite if they go out or I should say kids can get frostbite. From what I did hear, the reason why they like they uh, close the schools down here. Uh, it's because the kids waiting for the bus, so that that's why they generally shut the schools down here. It's not because it's snow on the ground, but they don't want kids waiting out there in that cold weather. And sometimes you, have, I remember waiting on the bus. Sometimes we waited for like forty. If the bus was be behind or whatever, you'd be out there yeah. for forty five minutes in in the rain or whatever. Right. Have you seen? Do you watch Netflix? Are you a Netflix person? I do. I. I tend to watch we tend to watch more things on Hulu, but I do have Netflix. Have you seen the most hated man on the internet? I haven't. Wait, what is this? So it's about this guy named Hunter Moore, and he had I, it made me think about that website you were talking about earlier. But he had he had a site. It was like early two thousand. It was called Is Anyone Up? And what they would do, they would post like it was that's the whole revenge porn era. 
So oh, people no. would like send porn pictures of an ex or something to this site. And then like there, there are laws that didn't really go against what he was doing. So like if he was submitting them yeah, himself. Yeah, now there's a lot of laws yeah. for that. So if he was submitting them himself, he would be, you know, in trouble for it. But he was saying that like people were submitting them, but come to find out like somebody was like allegedly hacking. So uh, oh, no. But I was just thinking about how like people do that kind of shit and like like why do you want to hurt somebody because at one time you liked them. So it's like Or like what why do you have what blows my mind is how people have enough time to literally obsess mm-hmm. and essentially almost stalk mm-hmm. people that they don't even like. Yeah. Like like there are some people and I don't have it nearly as bad as some influencers that I know in terms of the hate that they get where like they will have specific pages dedicated to hating them and like dedicated to watching every move they make. They'll watch like their friends stories to see what they're doing. And like, it's just, I had one friend that actually got um, what they call doxed mm-hmm. where they like, yeah. send they, your address. Yeah. They send your address and your phone number. She had to change her phone number because she was getting like hate messages on like texts and things like that. And it just like, it blows my mind because I, there are so many better things to do in the world than spend your time all seemingly all of your time hating on somebody else that you don't even know most of the time. Well, it goes back to the whole (laughs) Howard Stern effect where your haters usually watch you more than people that care about you. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like that's the case, honestly, because like most of the people that, um, that are on this hate blog don't even follow you. So like they're going out of your way, out of their way to like go to your page and look at your stuff, even though they don't follow you for, I don't even get why. Yeah. I wonder, hate you. I wonder why these uh, like people, like what are they dealing with internally? Why they are this way? Like, yeah. I, I, I mean, there's like- a variety of <laughs> things that I think could be going on, whether it's, Like some people, especially when it comes to like the weight loss world, I think there's like two people, two particular sets of people. It's either the people that like are very overweight and don't don't do what it takes to lose weight or they've lost weight and they're they're in a very unhealthy relationship with their food and their body and they can't accept anybody that's bigger than them or that was smaller at one point. I don't really know, but it gets kind of crazy. So would you, would you say that there's people that like you mentioned that are bigger, that haven't lost weight are hating on you because you're doing something. Um, I think there are some people that do that, but I think, I don't know specifically. I've had more people that have like, there was a person a troll on my Instagram actually that I chose to call out because it's, it's honestly annoying because everybody says just ignore it Mm -hmm. for the most part, which is beneficial more for my mental health than anything else (laughs) to ignore it and just delete it. But like at some point by ignoring it or just perpetuating it in my mind. And so there was a time that I called somebody out for it and um, they said that they had lost an enormous amount of weight. I think it was like 150 pounds or something like that. And they were, in my mind, it seemed like they were so obsessed about 
being the smallest version of the person you can be, that anything where you have gained weight since then means you are a horrible person. And it just like really reflected on them of how messed up their brain was in terms of size and letting size dictate how you feel about yourself and how you feel about others and um, than anything else. But I've heard of other cases too, where people are essentially jealous of people that lose weight because they aren't doing whatever it takes to lose it. Um, but yeah, I've, I've heard of both situations, honestly. Now, do you ever had a weight problem in the first place that don't understand it? Yeah. Now, do you ever see it where like people will say like they'll say something hateful and then you'll have like like a thousand comments that are positive. But that one hateful comment is one that sticks out. Yeah, that's a big problem. And I've actually um, I had a coach once tell me that negativity is seven times more powerful than positivity. Mm -hmm. And that's why. Like I have like overall, I have, I'd say like 99% positive comments on all of my stuff. And yet the, the self, the less self-confident self of my, myself, I, that didn't sound right. But the, the part of myself that is not as confident in myself picks up on that one negative comment, especially if it's a comment that like directly has one of my like insecurities or something in it. And I will focus on that one thing. And it's just horrible. It's really annoying, honestly, because it's like, I'm not appreciating even though I am, but it's like, I can't appreciate all of the positivity because of one or two negative comments. So how do you, how do you deal with your mental health with social media? Since that is a big part of your business. Um, most of the time I'd say it is just deleting things as soon as they come up and not fixating on it. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm pretty lucky in the respect that I don't get a lot of negative comments unless something goes viral. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just having enough self-worth, which is obviously like a big work in progress for everyone, I think, but especially for me, because I've gone through such periods of like self-loathing in my life that it's just realizing that I am worthy of love and acceptance and all of the good things, regardless of what somebody says on the internet about me. (laughs) And also realizing that like, even though the internet and social media is such a huge part of my life, it's not real life, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I still have my my close friends and my loved ones that have nothing to do with social media. And at the end of the day, if I'm not happy in my everyday, like real life, then I'm not going to be happy online. Yeah, because I think that a lot of times the people that say this shit, they don't think of the person on the other side of the screen as a real person. That is huge, especially I think, I don't know if it's especially with weight loss, but I feel like they view us as just our weight loss and not as a person. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, whenever there's like, and I think maybe it's because there are some companies that, well, there are a lot of companies that steal my pictures and videos to like sell weight loss products and stupid stuff that 
don't do anything. Um, and so like they just automatically assume that every account is like that, that it's not like mm-hmm. a real person behind it. But if you follow me, anybody that actually follows me and takes the time to like watch what I'm doing, they would know. But it's always the people that don't that are the quickest to judge. And it's also like mm-hmm. those people really wouldn't say that to you in person. Oh, I'd say like most. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's the keyboard warriors mm-hmm. effect. Like it's the same with that hate blog. I doubt hardly any of the hate blog people would like come up to my face and say the things that they're saying. Um, but it's just there's something about being behind a keyboard that and having that anonymity that they feel powerful. Now, I wonder because I know like uh, I think Facebook has done it and maybe Instagram, too, where like if you're typing something that comes off as hateful, it gives you an option to say, do you really want to send this to somebody? So I wonder if that has stopped some people from sending comments or are the people so broken that they still want to send the comment anyways. But I also yeah, I wonder. I wonder if there was an option where if you do say something hateful, it exposes who you are, would you still do the same shit? That would be great. I think most people would not if it actually exposed who you were. Um, I mean, that's what I think people love about social media the most is that they you can create any kind of profile that you want, really, mm-hmm. and hide behind anything like a user a username without a profile picture and just like user number two, three, four. And, you know, nobody would ever know who you are. Yeah, and that's, yeah, I saw a post. It was from uh, Idris Elba, and he had made a thing like how like celebrities and like high profile people have to get verified to you know on social media to show who they really are. He's like, why don't they have that for everybody? Because if everybody had to verify who they were as a person, then they probably wouldn't say this fucked up shit that they say to people. Most definitely. Right. Right. Like I'm verified and I wouldn't just go to somebody's page. I mean, granted, <laughs> even if I wasn't verified, I don't think I would have the guts to or the animosity to just go on somebody's page. Because in my mind, it's like I, I have much better things to do mm-hmm. than hate on somebody else. If I don't like something that somebody posts or th- something like that, I either unfollow, don't follow them in the first place or just scroll on by. Like I don't need to spend my time hating on somebody else like because negativity like we talked about is so much more powerful than positivity if i spend my time being negative towards other people that's gonna like carry over in my personal life yeah i had i had reshared something that we had talked about on a previous podcast the other day it was about like because i forgot i had posted it until this other buddy that came on mentioned it but he said that i said something about like how many summers do you have left and like when you break your life down the summers it's like, fuck, you generally don't have a lot. Like if you're like, oh, I got 20, 40, maybe 60 summers left. And you realize how fast the summer has gone by, like this year in particular, or how years go by in general. Like once you're in school, like when you're in like first or kindergarten to 12th grade, it seems like it drags on forever because you have that end goal, something to look forward to. Once you get out of school, there's just everyday life. You know, there's no real marker that you're looking forward to. And so like, it's the whole thing, like with these people, it's like, do you really at the end of your on your deathbed, do you want to be like, I was known for being a hateful troll on Instagram right. or do you want to be known for being a good person? Right. It's like I would rather be known for hopefully the impact that I had on other people in a positive way than 
anything else. Like, and I also think that relates to weight loss too, is like, I tell a lot of my clients, like 10 years from now, you're not going to care if you lost weight in 12 months or 18 months or two years or even three years. Like it won't matter. Like it will just matter that you put in the time to better yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, we're not here very long. So it's like, you got to do the most with this little bit of time we have. Cause I mean, there's nobody that can honestly say with a hundred percent guarantee, they know where we're going. Like anybody that says they're, they're full of shit because you can't yeah. talk to somebody that's, you know, passed on. So to do everything we possibly can to live our best life, enjoy it, make other people happy, make ourselves happy. You know, that's the, that's the only thing that we should try to do. I mean, like our buddy Mark says, um, everybody has a start date and end date. But it's like, what are you going to do with those little dashes in the middle? Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. And I, I like think that. like what you're doing, like with your page, you're helping inspiring people to not only, you know, better themselves, but maybe better other people. Because if they can see you doing something positive, maybe it might spark their brain to do something positive, too, with their life. I would hope so. That's that's kind of my hope is that, you know, if I can inspire anybody to just not only want to better themselves, but better the people around them, that would be ideal for me. Because like, even like you even said, like you have a majority of positive comments and then like that small fraction of negative. That's the Internet in general. I think most people are positive and they just want to go live about their lives. They're not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. There's the people that want to be the loudest and they get the most views because they're obnoxious. Like even news in general, generally they focus on the negative, the, you know, they don't right. put positive stuff out there. So I think the internet is good. You know, it's like, it gave us this opportunity to talk to you because we would never know who yeah. each other are without the internet. Yeah. You know, more than for sure. So like I said, I mean, you just have to use it as a positive tool. And right. I think if more people start showing good shit, like I love Gary Vee and he's about like yeah. positivity and like being loud and like, you know, being the loudest in the room. And as far as that, instead of just being obnoxious. And if more people start spreading that, maybe it'll be infectious. And so other people will start thinking that way, too. Yeah. I mean, because just like negativity, positivity is infectious. Like you just said, um, it rubs off on people. And I, I mean, I should have worn my shirt. I have a shirt that says positivity is everything. Like it, it's very much like the more you do something, the more you will have of that thing. Mm-hmm. So positivity, negativity, whatever it is, you, that's why like in my client calls, we always start with the positive because that encourages more positivity. So what are some of your success stories that you can share or if any? Are you talking about like with clients or, um, so I have a lot of clients. I feel like my number one success stories are with mindset and just their belief in themselves and, um, just realizing that it's possible for them. I feel like my main goal more than that's why I don't like call myself like necessarily a weight loss coach for that matter, because the first thing that needs to happen, like we talked about is mindset and believing in yourself. And so my first number one goal is to give hope to others, to make them realize that it's never too late. You're not too old. You're not too big, whatever it is. 
you have the ability. So, I mean, I, my very first client ever, um, basically she had all the tools, but she didn't know how to apply it to her life specifically and how to make it work for her life. And she was able then to lose, I think it was 75 pounds or so, um, and really cement it into her life. So it was sustainable and, um, she, I think she, the way she phrased it in her like review or whatever you want to call it was something like, oh, I lost some weight at the end because it was like, basically it's life changing when you are able to switch your mindset to, I can't lose weight or like, I can't do this to being able to say I can, like, I just had a client, um, a couple of days ago that, I said, like, I believe you can do it because we're, we're coming towards the end of our time together. And she was like, well, I can believe I can do it too. And I was like, that is the main thing right there is just believing that you can is most of the battle, because if you don't believe you can, you won't. It's just as simple as that. Um, so that's my, the, the mindset switch is my biggest success story for 95% of my clients. I try to, um, with everyone I work with, especially on a one-on-one basis, is I don't typically accept people that I don't think will actually put in the work to do what they need to do. Because I mean, there's some people that are just not ready. Mm -hmm. And that's, um, it's not there's nothing wrong with them. It's just, they're not in the right place. I've been there. So I know what it's like to not be in the right place, um, to make the changes for yourself. So typically all of my clients that I work with have success because of that. Like I, I make sure they are at that point where they just need the tools and the push and the extra belief in themselves to be able to make them successful in whatever they want to do. So how big is community with you? Like as far, as far as yourself and then with your people, do the other people know each other or is it just one-on-ones all the time? Um, I'd say there's two different things. So I do one-on-one and then I also do an accountability group, which I call the healthy lifestyle community, which is all about community. Um, and there's anywhere from 20 to 80 people in that usually. Um, and that is all about community and accountability and like being able to have like-minded people all going towards the same goals or the same ideas um, to relate with each other and things like that. And then community was like my biggest tool in terms of Instagram. Like that was my, my like 900 followers that I had before I went public that was my community because we were all working towards the same thing. And it was really important to me. So I've tried to like create my own community in that way um, to mirror that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think um, we all need somebody to lean on. Yeah. And if you're always trying to be a lone wolf or try to do it yourself, you're probably going to fail. Like they always go back to this whole thing. Not, you don't need a Rambo situation. Like that's not <laughs> real life. <laughs> You know, yeah. like you need other people like you need like a partner or somebody to talk to or like a therapist or something like some we, we as people need community. We need communication. And I think a lot of people realize that during the pandemic, too, 
Like they couldn't just do shit on their own. Like a lot of people that were right. like holed up in the house by themselves, drove, it was they were miserable. Yeah. Oh, well, and I feel like especially when it when it comes to like a weight loss journey, when you're towards the beginning, community is like really important. Yeah. Like yeah. as you go on, if you already know you're successful and you've already gained that confidence in yourself, it's more likely that you can actually continue just by yourself with your own word. But at the beginning, you need that like validation. You need that community to be able to gain that confidence and keep going by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I, I just, I just wish that uh, more people could get to that point where they could seek a group instead of, you know, just trying to just figure it out on their own. Cause obviously you got to this point on your own and it's not serving you. So it's like, maybe you should look for some people that are like-minded like you that have done it. And then they can guide you when you need Cause like, even look at AA, like right. it's, it's not like they're teaching them anything, but it's like, Hey, I'm having this problem. You have a sponsor, you know, you have this. So it's just like, it's the same thing with your mental health or your well being, like physical health. You need right. somebody to fall back. Knowing on. you're not alone is a big, is a big tool that you can use because when you feel alone, it often is defeating and then you don't keep going. Cause you got even just look at your, just look at our brain. Our brain is the thing that's supposed to be telling us we're okay, but it's the same thing that can tell you're fucked up. And so like <laughs> you can have like a bad day and you're like, well, I really don't need to eat that. But then some of your head's like, well, just eat it. It's just one thing, you know, it's not that bad. Right. And then that spirals out of control. Then you start beating yourself up because you did this one bad thing. You're like, well, fuck, I already fucked up. I'm just going to keep fucking up. So Instead I might as well eat the whole container of cookies instead yeah. of the two cookies that I ate. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, if you could call somebody or have somebody like a page like yours or somebody in your group to to lean back on. Because since we've been talking to a lot of people in the weight loss community on this podcast, mm -hmm. and most of them say that their biggest thing that they found is they have people that they can talk to about their issues. Yeah, absolutely. And that's yeah. the thing with men, too. There's a lot of men who it's always been beat down into our brains that it's weak to look for help. And so, like, if that's I, I, that's one thing I wish I could start changing for people is like to seek outside help if you need it. Yeah, it doesn't make you weak or less than. Like everybody can use a helping hand at one point or another. Yeah, yeah. I have a question before. Um, when you were talking about taking on new clients or adding, I'm sorry, adding new clients or not accepting somebody as a client, how do you mm -hmm. know that they're not ready to join your program? I. I like to have a conversation with them. Usually I end up doing like a 15 minute consultation with people or having like a conversation in the DMS, like through voice memos and stuff like that. Um, to me, because I've been in both positions, I've been in the not ready position and I've been in the ready position. It's pretty obvious for me to tell uh. um, what, when people, for instance, this is just one way that I can usually tell if people are not ready is if they are telling me a list of reasons why they can't. Um, basically telling me all of the excuses that they have and why it hasn't been possible for them versus like the first thing, I mean, people say this all the time, but like the first step is awareness and, you know, acceptance of what, where you're at currently. So if you are unable to just be like, it's because of me. Like I did this to myself. 
and therefore let's go from there. If they're blaming everyone but themselves, it's a usually a clear sign that they're not at that point where they can, because I mean, ultimately you have to change what you're, you yourself are doing. Nobody else is going to help you. I can't help you. I can give you the tools to help you, but you have to do it yourself. Would you accept a man or somebody that say they identify as a woman for one term <laughs> in your, in your Fuck program? You. I mean, I, I've never been against uh, a man as a client. I just Damn. personally, uh, men have never gravitated towards me to work with me. I'm not sure why, but um, I wouldn't be against it. I just, I, I have not had a one-on-one client that is a man, but I have followers that are men. So I know they're out there. So let's, well, you let's, know, let's, like, here's, here's a, here's a trial period right here. <laughs> oh my God. No, but it's probably like, you know, you probably have more success with ladies because a, a guy doesn't want to talk to a woman. If he's going to talk to anybody, he wants it to be another man, probably, right? We just probably. talked about it. most I mean, men a, don't talk to that's each what other saying, in That's general, what I'm saying. So. Like, if they if they are going to talk, they feel more comfortable talking to a man, maybe? I, I don't know why. Yeah, but. I mean, it's very possible. Like, I, I would understand. And, I mean, women are naturally going to more identify with other women. I, I mean, your our life experiences are different. So, it makes sense. But like I said, I'm, I mean, I'm not against any genders or <laughs> anything like that. I just haven't had any particular interest. In I remember that. when I was in her DM, Ralph, yeah, so she could talk to you. I remember when I was a kid, like, we, my parents put me in therapy and stuff like that. And I remember being able to manipulate the conversation over time, but just by knowing and learning, instead of learning how to get better or whatever, you know, I was learning how to. I was learning how to um, give give them the answer that they needed. Yeah, that's, like, not oh. a, that's not a good trait to brag about. I, I'm not. I'm just saying though. Like, <laughs> but well, my point of the thing was when I was wasn't when I was had to talk to a man, I couldn't do it because I could screw them bullshit as good as I could bullshit. I don't know. It's weird. Which is interesting because I bet women can tell just as easily that you're bullshitting that men. As men can. Yeah, absolutely. That person's yeah. probably like, I'm getting paid regardless. I don't give a fuck. Well, that's, that, that's another thing. It's like when you have to pay somebody, like, like when I was a kid, you know, it's different. You know, I don't know. That, I mean, that's part of the reason that, I mean, besides like, obviously I have to make a living. But besides that, like people that are actually investing in themselves will actually put in the work. If you're yeah. not putting anything in the game, like any skin in the game or whatever you want to call it, like you are not going to be as invested in mm-hmm. the outcome of it. Yeah. It's just like, and if, so, yeah, it's just like if you were given something, you're not going to appreciate as much as you had to work for it. Right. You yeah. Know? It's the same idea. And, and some people will never get to the point where they can invest in themselves just mentally like Mm -hmm. they don't they'll they'll spend money on other people but spending money on themselves is like a taboo thing and it's just i mean having spent a lot of money myself on coaches for me like i used to be the type of person that could never invest in myself but i've realized the importance of it and having people in my corner and asking for help and having people that have gone through what i've gone through is important so how would you how would you help somebody that spends like you just said you know not necessarily just money but you know like does everything for people but doesn't 
do anything for themselves or tries to do something for themselves but then gives up really fast. I think that's about breaking down that more of like the exact reasons why they're giving up or um, like what is causing them to fail. Like looking at the specific excuses, I'd say like, for instance, I mean, this is not related to that, but kind of like my biggest excuse when in terms of my weight loss journey, when I was at the beginning was I was way too tired from working a eight to 10 hour shift plus two hours of commute to go home and cook for myself. And so I had to meal prep for myself in order to get past that because I knew that if I came home by the time it was like 6, 7 PM, there was no way I was going to have a desire to cook just for myself. Um, so it's really breaking down. I think the individual excuses, um, whether that's like having things, food specifically, whether that's having things in the freezer for yourself, if you, if you're going to be too tired cooking for yourself after you've cooked for your kids, like maybe having something that's already prepped or having something in the freezer that you can quick do for yourself or having something that you can like add something or take something away so that everybody can enjoy the same meal just slightly differently. Yeah. I think it all just goes back to loving yourself. Yeah. Like like you have to want the best for yourself because you can't want things in life, possessions, uh, happiness for other people. If you don't want it for yourself, it's like they always go back to the example of when a plane is crashing and the airbags drop down, they tell you to put the mask on yourself first before you can help somebody else. Yeah. You can't fill from an empty cup, essentially. And, and a lot of people, it's not that they don't believe that it's just that they've been so trained, whether it was how they were brought up or how they have been conditioned to be. I, I feel like I've heard that the most from um, from parents is that they they don't give anything to themselves because they put all of their effort and their time into their kids. Um, so it, it's really it comes down to mindset again. Yeah. So I, I, I think that's something that really needs to be drilled in, like to people is the first step, I think, would be to seek some help mentally to figure out why you're in position and then work on your fitness too. But cause like you said, it, if you're healthy on the outside and you're broken on the inside, it's, it's all for not pretty much because you know, your, your body is going to probably, or your brain's going to probably send you back down that path again, that you were started at the beginning. If you don't fix what initially started the journey in the first place. Exactly. I mean, I'm a prime example of that. I mean, prior to this weight loss journey, I lost, almost a hundred pounds, I think through very unhealthy means, I will say, but because I didn't do any mental work with it, I immediately gained it all back and more. So, I mean, it's, and most people, if you like sit back and look at your life, you can identify that that is usually the case. Mm. If you even get to that point where you lose anything because you're in such a constant cycle. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, like I said, I know it's not easy, but if you really want to change, you have to change the mindset. Because, I mean, I think we know ourselves better than anybody. So, you know, when you're bullshitting, you know, you right. know, when you're you're just saying stuff and like, OK, do you ever have clients where they want to lie to you about what they're doing, 
even though they're not doing it, but they're basically hurting themselves. Cause I mean, it's really not going to affect you physically or mentally if they're not doing something. I think I've had that once, but honestly they were really bad at, <laughs> at lying. <laughs> mm. So, um, it was pretty dang obvious. Um, but it's like you said, like, it's not going to, and I had to work on that mentally for myself as a coach to, to be like, I can give them all the tools, but I am not responsible for their results. Like, because if they don't do what I'm telling them, I can't hold myself. Like I can't feel bad that they don't get the results that they want. Mm -hmm. Um, so that comes again from, having conversations before we even start. Um, I mean, sometimes it's not avoidable to get those people that just aren't ready. Um, but most of the time, what I'll find, I've had a few clients that I've realized after working together are not ready, but they don't they don't really lie to me, but they will either cancel appointments so that they don't have to tell me the truth or, or they'll like be like, oh, I really didn't want to come today because I didn't want to tell you all the things that I'm not doing or all the things that I'm doing yeah. and things like that. So, I mean, everybody knows their own bullshit. Like mm-hmm. you said, like, yeah. it's just like most people don't want to waste their money. Hopefully that's a motivator in itself, but also just waste their own life because obviously they got to a point where they reached out to me for a reason. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things where I, I wish it did to be like a, a flip, a switch you can flip, but it's yeah. it's not. You know, it's it like definitely a, not. It's like a crazy combination to get to that point, and yeah. unfortunately, some people may never get there, or it just to be it's on their timeline. It's just not. It's just not right now. But, right, it might just be the wrong, the right place, wrong time. Yeah. And I think some people have to hit rock bottom before they want to do some shit too. That was me. Yeah. I mean, I truly, I mean, that was my mental rock bottom and practically physical rock bottom um, before I was able to change my ways. And it took, and I'm hoping that through my coaching, I can let people not get as far as I did. Yeah. Like hopefully I can stop you before you get to your rock bottom. Um, because it's not fun to get to rock bottom mm-hmm. by any means. So I have uh, three questions I want to ask you. One is there's this whole movement where they're talking about giving people their flowers while people are still alive. So who in your life would you like to say something positive or give some appreciation to that's around so they can hear it today? I haven't, I haven't heard of this movement, but I like it. Um, I would say my husband, because I mean, I've been with my husband for, um, over seven years now. And, um, so he was with me before I lost weight, um, during losing weight and after and everywhere in between. Um, and it's important to not only have a support of somebody who's been through it, but also just a support from somebody that loves you no matter what. Um, and he has done that for me and I'm very grateful and thankful for that. And my other two questions are, uh, what's your advice for people and what mark do you see yourself leaving on the world? Um, advice for people just in general or yeah, just in general is fine. Um, advice for people. 
that would be, and truly, I think this applies to any part of your life is to find your why that's stronger than your most powerful excuse. Because in order to achieve whatever you want to achieve, you have to do that. Um, Mm. And um, I'd say, what was the, what was the last question? Uh, What mark do you see yourself leaving on the world? I'm hoping no, um, no pun intended or repetition intended, but I'm hoping to let people have hope for themselves um, in whatever they're looking to achieve most specifically weight loss and health is that it's just, it's never too late to put yourself first and, and improve yourself. And I don't mean like physically, like, vanity wise improve your just more like improve your inner self as well as your health yeah like i said i mean i i I think it's one of those things where it's just that some people just have to do you know you you can't just always wish upon something you know you have to put in the work you have to be disciplined and like i said disciplined is key what do they say Momentum is bullshit. Discipline is everything. Or that's like a phrase of that now. I haven't heard that, but it, it's true. Well, like they, <laughs> they, you can you can read motivational stuff online. You can watch motivational videos, and it might inspire you. It might motivate you, but you have to be disciplined to actually put in the action to keep going. Right. Right. Keep doing yeah. it. Yeah, okay. that's why I say like motivation is fleeting. Determination is what will keep you going. Mm. Yeah. And like I said, uh, just just think about everything we do all day long that we don't want to do. And we still do it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's like taking ourselves as important as all of those things. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, using that same motive or discipline, like, you know, you go to your job or, you know, you take care of your family, you take care of your car, you take care of your home, take care of your body, take care of your mental health. Make it a priority. Yeah. 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 I think once we start realizing that we can't have all this shit without our mental health and without our physical health, then maybe it'll be like an aha moment or like the JC said, you know, you do it for your kid. If you're not going to do it for yourself, do it for somebody you love. Right. Exactly. And hopefully that inspires you and, and gets you disciplined to want to do it for yourself, too. I love it. So where can people find you and what, um, what all they, services do you offer? So losing for health is my Instagram and it has underscores between each word. Um, and that is my Instagram. That's where you can find me most easily. And you can find my email on there. Um, my DMs are always open. Um, I offer one-on-one coaching. I have three spots available because now that my wedding is over, I have a little more capacity um, to work with people privately. Um, And my accountability will accountability group will be coming up at the end of this month of August. Um, And I typically do that once a quarter. Um, And yeah, those are the two number one ways to work with me at this point. All right. Are you going to slide into her DMs and <laughs> again, get some, again. Get, some, get some coaching? Hey, this is Rachel. How are you doing? I think, I think you should uh, 
you should at least do a free consultation. Maybe she could listen to you. She's going to tell me I'm not ready. Well, (laughs) (laughs) see, I'm making excuses already. Yeah, yeah, that's a bad sign. (laughs) Man, you got to learn to love yourself, my friend. Because without that, you're going to just be 80 years old. Hopefully you make it that long and be like, fuck, I didn't do shit with my life. So how many summers did I left? Forty two fifty? No, that's seventy. Wait. What? Forty. Forty. Thirty-eight summers left if I make it to eighty. Sorry, math's not my thing. Not much is my thing. Math is not my <laughs> thing either. Despite being a finance and a I was gonna say graduate. you're a financial person. <laughs> I saw this meme the other day. It said something about like I left math in school, don't bring it up now. Like that's not my I thing. I always got the most bizarre looks when I worked in finance when I said I hated math because like most people that go into that profession like genuinely like nerd out about math and really love it. I've never loved it. I've just been good at it. And I <laughs> so it's it's very much a that's why I am doing what I'm doing now because <laughs> I was not passionate about finance or accounting. I am passionate about helping people and, you know, making an impact in their life not to do with their, you know, finances like <laughs> or you said, a big accounting firm's finances. And like I said, that's one of the beautiful things about the internet because it gave you another outlet to do something. Yeah. And you're not only it, you're passionate about it, but you're helping people along the way. Yeah. And I never would have even known I was capable of doing that if I hadn't had the platform. So yeah. I'm very grateful for the way my life has turned out over the last few years and we appreciate you responding to his dm that he sent you of course thank you for letting me schedule out a couple months yeah no doubt i appreciate your time like uh, like i was telling you earlier it's uh, you know you could have been doing anything else but this podcast right now for the past hour and 45 minutes yeah (laughs) it's all good it's been a fun conversation thank you so much well, I hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend, and um, maybe we can talk to you again one day. Um, yeah, that would be great. All right. Sounds good. Thank you, guys. All right. Appreciate you. Bye. Have a great rest of your weekend. All right. You too. Bye. Thanks. Bye.